This is a Flashpoint Podcast Extra. I'm your host, Cherry Gregg. On Wednesday, trans activists held a rally outside of Philadelphia City Hall. The protest was organized by Philly socialists and included a couple dozen demonstrators. They were speaking out against the alleged treatment or mistreatment of a transgender woman. Rihanna Sagan was arrested on June 10th at the Philadelphia Pride Parade. Rihanna, according to police, was using a flammable substance to light a flag. She was charged with attempted arson, reckless endangerment, and other offenses. But Rihanna, according to multiple news reports, has claimed that her arrest was rough, her processing and detention was inhuman, and that she was placed in a jail cell with men. Here's Imov Emmanuel speaking on her behalf Wednesday outside of City Hall. Yeah, so we can't say too much about the actual case because it's still pending and we want uh, DA Krasner to drop all the charges before we can really say anything about it. But what I will say is that, one, she shouldn't have been arrested in the first place. Uh, The First Amendment protects flag burning as uh, freedom of speech. Um, So they had to use this really convoluted, uh, you know, uh, proclamation that she was endangering other people, even though that wasn't true. Um, So we think that uh, in and of itself is unjust. Um, But also, uh, yes, she was uh, she was handled roughly by police and uh, most importantly she was uh, put in a men's prison even though she's a woman. Last week the Philadelphia DA's office dropped all of the felony charges against Sagan. However, they plan to go to trial for the misdemeanors. Now, in order to evaluate her claims, I look at the transgender policies for the police, for the sheriff's department, and for the Philadelphia Department of Prisons. Um, According to the uh, sheriff's spokesperson, the sheriff's department was not involved in this at all. So basically, the police department and the Department of Prisons had to do with this. And so... Um, You know, I deal with marginalized communities, so I had to check it out and dot all the I's and cross all the T's. And so here's what I learned. Um, Philadelphia police arrested Rihanna. They processed her. Um, They used she pronouns. Um, According to the policy, they use whatever pronouns for trans individuals that is preferred by that individual. Now, under that policy, they book people Uh, using the name and the gender which is on your state-issued ID. Now, they tell me that on Rihanna's state-issued ID, she's listed as male and um, the name is Ryan Sagan. Um, I have not, that's what I was told. Now, that is according with police policy. If you want to check out the transgender policy, you can look at Directive 4.15. Now, according to an email that I received from the Philadelphia police, um, they put Ms. Sagan in a private cell when she was detained for police. Then they said they transported her to the Kerem from Hope prison. Now, the prison itself is run by the Philadelphia Department of Prisons, so there's a handoff there. I reached out to the Philadelphia Department of Prisons and to Commissioner Blanche Carney. She agreed to speak with me on the record. And here is my exclusive interview with the prison's commissioner. She lays out the department's investigation into the detention of Rihanna Sagan. Listen in. Again, this is a Flashpoint exclusive. We take every admission seriously, and especially those that identify as transgender. Uh, We work 
wholeheartedly to ensure that we are following the Prison Rape Elimination Act of 2003. And when someone is brought into our uh, facility, the intake, along with a series of assessments and evaluation, commences. At that point, we know just the fact of someone coming into custody uh, can be trying and traumatic. And then you couple that with someone that is coming in and identifies as a transgender, male or female. At that point, they're going through a series of uh, assessments and they have opportunity for privacy to uh, self-disclose, to identify what their concerns are. And in this case, um, when there is a report of a transgender uh, someone identifying is that we have certified PREA auditors that actually come over. They sit down with the person. They inform uh, the individual of what PREA is about, uh, what they can expect, what services that are available. And that's something that we do when we determine that someone is transgender. I mean, this is not uh, something that we handle just haphazardly. It's really looking at an individual compounded by incarceration and now self-disclosing. And our goal is to keep that person safe while maintaining their dignity and their respect. I understand based on I was sent um, a report that there has been a, a full uh, opportunity by um, the Philadelphia Prison, Department of Prisons to review video, to look at to talk to the staff members who dealt with Rihanna during her stay uh, within um, Kerm Fromhold and that uh, that the procedures were, according to this report, followed. Is that correct? That is correct. We reviewed the video. We also review video ongoing for these type of uh, admissions to make sure that we are in compliance to uh, observe the conduct of the staff to make sure that people are treated with dignity and respect and that they're able to sit down with that uh, PREA auditor so they can get the information they need in order to pretty much understand what's available to them during this incarceration period. And in this case, policy and procedure was followed. So, um, and, and I understand that she was placed in a cell for that with men. Is that correct? Or was she held individually? Initially, at the time of uh, the initial onset, yes, she was brought in and she was in a cell with four other male uh, new admits. And they were in sight of correctional officers at all times uh, under video. And at the point in which she was determined uh, to be transgender, she was separated out. So she was then, once it determined, because there was some kind of discussion, I guess, uh, the ID, was the state issue ID had mail on the state issue ID? Is that correct? That is correct. So 40 minutes into the admission process where we were able to take a look at uh, the information that we had and we engaged. So 40 minutes into the admission process, uh, she was separated out in a cell. That's once you determined, once uh, the officials determined that she was, in fact, transgender. Um, I understand that she was also taken to a private shower uh, where she was allowed to be uh, alone. Is that correct? That is correct. And the reason it took that long, because along this process with the admission and coming into contact with various uh, staff, 
she had not disclosed that she was transgender. And so once our staff, through their due diligence, determined, that's when we took the appropriate action. So oftentimes uh, people will not disclose, and some will. But in this case, she did not disclose. Got it. As as far as um and and, and do what's the communication between police and um, prison officials? If she, I don't know if she disclosed it to police. Um, I understand that to the extent that you know she was separated. Um, you know when she was with Philadelphia Police, that do do police officers communicate that to you guys, or do you rely on the inmate or the individual who is being detained to tell you? Well, there is some communication, but we still have to do our due diligence because we each have uh, different intake procedures. And so the nuance here is that when we're bringing someone into uh, our correctional facilities, we still follow all of our admission policy and procedures. So we have the information, but we have to confirm and verify. So we're taking the appropriate action. Got it. And so how long was she in custody of the PDP? Um, it, it may be about six and a half hours. So from the time that she came in, uh, 40 minutes into the intake, when we staff determined that she was transgender, she was separated out, uh, had the private shower, access still to privacy with staff, and then was released out approximately six and a half hours. So it was a six and a half hour situation. I understand that uh, medication was ordered for her. Yes, that is correct. And and one of the things that we take seriously is the safety and security of everyone. So when folks come in and they're um, identified and we're able to verify, and I just wanted to give you some information. So from 2016, we had 53 transgender inmates that were receiving hormone treatment. In 2017, we had 60 transgender folks that received hormone treatment. And uh, this year, 32 to date. So we are very aware uh, to be very deliberate in the continuum of care after we verified that information. All right. And did she receive any of this medication? It was ordered, but did uh, did Miss Sagan um, receive any hormonal treatment while she was there? No, it was ordered, and uh, she was released prior to. All right. And so, um, you know, this is a I don't you know, we don't know the exact allegations. She didn't make specific allegations to me specifically during the protest. Um, But I have read articles that said she said that her treatment, her arrest uh, and treatment during detention was inhumane. So my job as a reporter is to come and and see and test. And I've looked at all the transgender policies Um, of the different agencies in which, and and the thing is, it's multiple agencies. Police is separate, and the sheriff's office, I understand, was not included in this, and then it was Department of Prisons. So how would you say, you know, this this incident, you know, how how would you say that this, I guess, um, detention took place when you compare it to the policy? Would you say it followed procedures? It followed procedures. Staff uh, had uh, a positive interaction and when we reviewed the video, there were no missteps. Uh, she was a forward uh, time and privacy with uh, staff up to the PREA auditor, in which our PREA auditor reported that she said staff were professional. So this is um, a, a contradiction to maybe what is uh, been spoken since that time. But our staff were very professional. And it's to really 
respect and maintain the person's dignity. We understand the challenge of incarceration, and that could be compounded by someone self-disclosing. So staff was professional in this. I mean, they followed policy and procedure. Yes. And so would you advise individuals for the future? I mean, so this type of confusion, uh, you know, obviously, I don't know if Ms. Sagan knew she had to tell people, but is that sort of the policy that people who are transgender ought to let uh, officers know that they are transgender so that the procedure could kick in? They can do that. And we welcome that. We, we ask a series of questions. And it's at that time we try to solicit as much information as possible so that we can be very thoughtful and immediate in our response in providing care, not just the custody, but the care and the dignity of the person. So we're asking uh, to share that information, be forthcoming. It's done in a private interview room. You're not surrounded by anyone. It's just you and that uh, professional And that's what we want. We want people to be here. We understand they may not want to be here, but we want them to be here and have access to everything that they need. And when we talk about need, we're talking about basic uh, human rights, dignity, safety, care, and respect of staff. What did you think? I know I, when I reached out to uh, Sean today uh, to talk about this issue, she immediately said, you know, the commissioner is totally willing to talk on this. Why did you find it important to address this uh, specifically today, um, just a few hours after the protest? Well, I think it's important because we want to get the correct information out there. The prison has a good track record of treating a variety of populations. Uh, within the overall population, and transgender folks are not new to us. And the statistics that I just provided, in 2016, we'd had 53 transgender folks, 2017, 60, and 32 in 2018. This speaks to our history of working with people, making sure uh, that their uh, physical health care needs are met, and also it really uh, validates that, listen, you're an individual, We're going to treat you with dignity and respect. If these are your physical health care needs, we want to make sure we continue with that. But it's also that these uh, folks are in general population. They have access to programs and services. They are flourishing there. Uh, If there's an issue that comes up, we have all of our uh, prison rape elimination videos, signage. We have a zero tolerance that anyone would be mistreated because of their sexuality or their uh, identity. So we we reinforce that. We don't want anyone here feeling isolated that they cannot disclose. Our job is not just to have people in custody. It's to really impact their lives in a positive way. And we wanted to get that message out. It's unfortunate um, that the uh, young lady had this experience, but we, we really serve a population. We are in the people business. Well, I appreciate you, uh, Commissioner Carney, uh, you know, responding so swiftly and being willing uh, to talk about, you know, this in such depth. Is there anything else you'd like to add that maybe I didn't ask you about that you think is important to uh, Rihanna's case um, as we try to make sure that, you know, people don't get concerned? I mean, arrests are going to happen. Detention is going to happen. But we just want to make sure that it's done in a, in a humane way. And in my, in my comment to that is, listen. Regardless of your uh, identity, LGBTQI pansexual, if you find yourself admitted into the Philadelphia Department of Prisons, we will treat you with dignity and respect. 
We want to work closely with you. We want you to self-disclose. We want you to report any challenges or concerns. We do not want to isolate anyone. We want to make sure that when you're speaking with a person in this department, that it exemplifies customer service at its best. And treating people as human beings is the number one priority. Not just a number. You are individual when you come here, and we want to make sure. The same way we treat chronic care conditions, we want to treat uh, the transgender folks that may need that continued hormonal treatment and provide support and counseling. We understand this is not easy, and we're here to work with the population. All right. Well, thank you so much, uh, Commissioner Carney. We will uh, post the audio from this uh, discussion in addition to doing a report for KYW News Radio so that people can listen and hear the policies and the steps that were fully taken by the Philadelphia Department of Prisons. Thank you so much. Thank you. This has been a Flashpoint podcast extra and an exclusive interview Flashpoint airs every Saturday night at 9.30 and every Sunday morning at 8.30 on 10.60 a.m. You can also get our live stream. If you don't have a radio at home, you can listen at kywnewsradio.com. And for all of our subscribers, please, please download the podcast. Subscribe on iTunes, on the radio.com app, Stitcher, wherever you get your pods. And you can get extras like this exclusive interview responding directly to community complaints. This is KYW Community Affairs reporter and Flashpoint host Cherry Gregg. Thanks so much for listening.